Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I am your host, Mike Veerman. We are here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We also have our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. And joining us, as always, working the dials, is intern Erica. And intern Erica, you're sneaky. We celebrated Shane's birthday last episode, and little did we know, you had one coming up as well. It was your birthday recently. Happy birthday. Why didn't you let us know? We could have celebrated on the last episode. My birthday was yesterday, so we can celebrate tonight. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More drinks. Yeah, exactly. Should do we, Does this mean we have to have a beer? Right <laughs> now? I'll go get a Coors I'll, Edge. I'll get a beer. I'll be back. I have a little Caesar going because I'm actually quite hungover still. I've had about a two-day long hangover, so Ooh. I'm going to take it easy. Okay. You know what? I'm going to... Guys, keep talking. I can probably hear you as you're talking. All right. So set up the, the, yeah, the thing. and I'll get So for our listeners, Shane just went and got an edge. Max is getting a beer. Erica, how does it feel to, to, to turn another year older? Are you someone that embraces your birthdays? Do you get depressed as you get older or do you get excited to get older? Oh, well, I feel like this is kind of the first year where, like, I'm now in that, like, age where, you know, it's not super exciting to get any older anymore. Like all the major, cool, fun, young drinking milestones have already happened. So now it just feels like, oh, I should probably have my life together a little more than I do. Wait, how old are you? 24. No. <laughs> I'm mid-20s now. Pretty... I'm not early no, 20s not. anymore. I'm mid-20s. I guess. But still, 25 is a pretty good drinking milestone. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's good a good one. Don't but get also, worried till you're over 25. Okay. That's what everyone says. I, yeah, I'm not that stressed, but I just feel like it's every year now I'm just kind of like, well, it's not a huge deal. It's not a huge deal. I'm not 19. I'm not 21. Like, what's yeah. the point of celebrating, you know? But if you want to be worried too early, 25 is the age to be worried too early. You know what I mean? You're too early <laughs> to be worried too early. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, I'm not like super early worried, but... You know, it's creeping up. And of course, just, you know, Shane, I'm sure you feel the same, but quarantine birthdays, man, they're weird. Well, to me, I I was the most celebrated I've ever been celebrated. So you're going to have to count me out of uh, being in agreement on this. What do you mean? (laughs) People, like as I predicted last week, everyone drew their tattoos. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The theme was. The theme was. It was. I was correct. Yeah, it was the most celebrated I'd ever been because I don't think last year anyone even said happy birthday to me. I probably said it at work. Mm. Yeah, you might have, but I don't think you knew it was my birthday last year. Because last year was <laughs> Mother's shot. Day. It was, on a, it was on a Sunday. And yes. it, it, it's not on my Facebook, so no one really knew. And everyone's, it was Kwai's shot. Yeah, as, as Erica just said. Mm-hmm. So there was huger fish to fry. Like everyone was just like, are you going to come to Toronto for uh, that big game? Which I did not. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask though, yeah. Shane. So I had you on the Arkell's Instagram chat the day before. And then... You said, is there a surprise or Sean Dawson's planning something? Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess what it is. And then I said, okay, you can guess. But no matter what, I'm going to react like this. And I just <laughs> smiled like a fake smile and nodded my head. So I said, no matter what you say, this is exactly how I'm going to yeah. respond. And then you guessed 100% correctly. And I gave my response. That I told it was you a I good would. game plan. And um, yeah, so uh, were you So you weren't surprised at all, I guess. Were you, were you no. borderline let down? Or did you enjoy it? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't surprised. I, I was, uh, I was happy that I was right because I'm always happy when I'm right, and I, I liked it. And some people really put effort in. Like Felix, really did a great job on actually emulating my tattoos, which some of them are a little bit tricky. Peak did a pretty good job, and the people who didn't really put in the effort to make them like uh, picture, picture perfect, they. They had little sentimentality to it or like there'd be something that meant something to me or, you know, mm-hmm. them. 
Like it was, it was creative. It was fun. Nice. That's good. And how did how did you feel? Uh, you, you said it was the most celebrated you've ever been, but how did you feel about sort of the flow of the hang? You had at one point there was probably like twenty oh. guys on there. <laughs> oh well, it's. Uh, I always get uncomfortable if the spotlight's right on me. I'm more of a a chipper inner type conversationalist. And I don't like, I always get embarrassed if the ball gets passed around. It's like, let me, let's regale about Shane. Let's tell a story about Shane, like a good thing Shane did or a great moment from his life, which Mike was doing. And I like it if it goes well, but if it doesn't, I get really embarrassed. (laughs) And nobody really had any great stories about me. It was like, <laughs> like it was like, okay, Mark, tell a story. And I've known Mark for years and years, and he's like, uh, I think we met in a hot tub, and uh, <laughs> anyway. and then it's like, oh, oh uh, AJ, tell a Vegas story, and it's like some like time we got high or something, and it was just like I don't know, Shane was being crazy, and I just felt like, geez, I really haven't done anything that memorable or generous or you know noteworthy. No, I think that's untrue. I think you are one of the most memorable people that we've ever known in our oh. friend group. And I, th- I just think that a lot of people have bad memories on the spot. I think, like yeah. at least for me, like I could not, I can't remember anything. So I would have <laughs> needed like Dan Hamilton to tell me what 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 I've done with you, and I just wasn't prepared for that. Mm-hmm. There was actually uh, Mark Myers, who you're talking about when you say Mark, he was doing Shane trivia that he was busting out, but you were having technical issues where you were gone from your own birthday at one point for like 25 minutes. No, this is the other thing. Yeah, we surprised you at like 9.15, and then you didn't get back on the chat till 10.30. So you kind of took the steam out of the party a little bit, Shane. I was like, we're like, where the fuck is this guy? It was a new app. I'm on a work computer that has all this software downloaded that doesn't allow these illegal sites, and I had just downloaded it that day. And Zoom? Is it a legal site? No, it wasn't Zoom. Zoom I can use fine or whatever. And whatever this thing is that we use, it was some new app that the computer didn't like for some reason. And it said I had to contact my administrator at work. But, you know, it was very late at night and the administrator was sleeping, I think. (laughs) He was really upset he wasn't invited to the party, actually. (laughs) He wasn't going to fix your shit for you. Erica, did you guys do a big Zoom party for your birthday? No, I was lucky that Saturday this weekend was pretty nice. So uh, I was outside in my front yard all day, chilling. A few of my friends came by for a six-foot hang, stopped there by. You go. Yeah, and then, um, that, yeah, it was, it's, it was pretty low-key. I'm not going to lie. A few of my friends sent me like some a little edible arrangement, shout-out. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. delicious, great surprise. And I had a Did nice cream Did you get MC cake. Hammered? <laughs> um, on Saturday I did, yeah. But uh, this is my nice. new thing. Also, while I'm 24, I'm trying to, um, you know, be more mature and stuff. So I'm trying to like be better at uh, binge drinking. Right. It's just, it's just not really that cool anymore to like be wasted off of like three beers. So when mm-hmm. I day drink and stuff like that all day, I try to just mix in some water, go slow. I don't have to do shots at two in the afternoon, you know. So I, I took it really slow and I had a great day. But Erica, one of your charms, though, is that I've known you for many years, and you've always been a bit of a drunk aunt. You know, like you've always had that aunt, 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 whatever you want to say. Uh, And I don't want you to lose that. That's one of the the defining parts of your personality that like even when you're like 20, 21 years old, I was like, she's going to be a hilarious 47 year old, like Uh. drunk aunt. Yeah. So, but, so no, it's, it's really one of the best parts about binge you. drinking. Uh, well, <laughs> you can't do that. 
Well, I think no, no, no. You're your best you when you're hammered off your ass. <laughs> Don't ever change that, Erica. I no, love you. No, 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 no. Here's the thing: is that you have many different sides to you. You know, it's actually funny today. Uh, so I, I had a backyard hang uh, with my my folks uh, the other day, and my dad usually has pretty good taste in music, but he was like talking about this social worker that he likes, who does like a, a, a presentation, like an online uh, speaking engagement, where he ends talking about how people have many different facets to each other. And he's like, do you know that song? It's like, I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a something. I'm, you know the I'm a song? sinner, like, I'm a saint. It's called Bitch yeah. Yeah. by Meredith <laughs> yeah. Brooks, right? Yeah. There you go. And, and my, yeah. yeah, and my dad was just like sitting there in the backyard. He was like dipping his like croissant into his coffee. He's like, that's the thing about human nature, though. It's true. We can all be many different things at once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, I thought that was a funny, funny moment that because that song is about 15 years old, but he's just sort it's of just way older than 15, way older. It's like a 90s song. Okay, 20, 25. Bitch, bitch song. Hold on. What uh, Meredith Brooks? 97. Shit. It's yeah. like 22. <laughs> but it's I do think he's right. That song is a lot deeper than people give it credit for. <laughs> I can't I, tell if you're being sarcastic. I'm right a now. bitch. Kind I'm a lover. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go. I hate the world today. That's an interesting way. To, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're you're so good to me. I know, but I can't change. Tried to tell you, uh, but you look at me like maybe I'm an angel underneath, innocent and sweet. I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm a mother. I'm a sinner. I'm a sin. Anyway, Erica, this is all to say you can be <laughs> a fun binge drinking drunk aunt. Yeah. And you can also be a really responsible employee and a great colleague and a great friend, great girlfriend, a child, you can a be. mother, uh, a child, a mother, a lover, a sinner, and a saint. A sinner you, and a you saint. You can also. You don't want to feel ashamed? You're, you can be hell. You can be a dream. You can be nothing in between. <laughs> and you know what? I wouldn't want it any other way, quite frankly. Eric. That's funny. That's true. I should take some advice. Yeah. Maybe, um, yeah, maybe I'll work on the... That, so, that sounds like it could be my new karaoke song when this is all done. Erica, you know what? If I were you, this is what I would say. Mm-hmm. I'd say, so take me as I am. <laughs> this may mean you'll have to be a stronger man. Rest assured that... When I start to make you nervous and I'm going to extremes <laughs> and tomorrow will change and today won't mean a thing. That's what I would say if I were you, okay? Okay. This is a good Thanks. bit, Max. I yeah. like this. <laughs> it's like a Jimmy Make Fallon shit. desk bit. Every episode, you need to pick a song that relates to one of us and, re- and read it. Read the lyrics to okay, us. Okay, good. Yeah. That's funny. Um, so happy birthday, Erica. Thank and, you. Uh, happy birthday to Shane as well. That was a fun party. Everybody Thank had a good time. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. So, guys, um, normally I text you guys about half an hour to recording time, and I say, I need 15 more minutes. And most <laughs> of the time, I don't have a good excuse. Today, though, I actually have a good excuse. I was with manager Ash, and we were in Toronto workshopping some ideas. And I can't give away the secret, but maybe one of the ideas has to do with me running around a lot. So I was running around downtown Toronto, like in the streets, in her alleyway. It was very like drizzly, rainy, ugly day outside. So like nobody was out and about. Mm -hmm. I ran through Queens Park. And then at one point I realized I lost my wallet. I was like, ah, shit. So then I had to retrace all my steps. Couldn't find it anywhere. I'd given up. And I kind of like laughed about it. I was like, ah. So I I just, I had to call David Buss, my accountant, and said, can you cancel or put on hold all my credit cards? Of course, I have a guy for that, so he did that. Thank you, David Buss. He listens to these podcasts. What up? Anyway, Big shout out. Uh, about an hour later, um, I got a, a, a tweet at me, and um, someone just said, Mac, "Like, uh, hi, Max. I found a wallet. Contact me if you've lost it." And some guy who was walking through Queens Park picked it up, and it was right around the corner. And, and I needed to wait for him to get back to me, but it was a. Uh, 
yeah, and I got him a little Amazon gift card, and that was that. And so, when that stuff happens to you, are you offended he's not an Arkells fan, like first and foremost? <laughs> no, in this case, I was actually kind of happy he was an Arkells fan because if he, if he was an Arkells fan, like a big Arkells fan, he might think I'm like a multimillionaire and expect that the reward would be like, here's five hundred dollars, here's a thousand dollars, thank you so much. When really, I don't really give a shit about the wallet. There was like twenty dollars in cash and some credit cards I could just replace anyway. So I got him an Amazon gift card, um, but I, you know it, it, the fact he didn't know me or give a shit made my expectation for the thank you gift to be not quite as large as. And how much is the fan, uh, I think. right? How much is the Amazon gift card for? That's between me and Zhang. Okay. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when Zhang returned the wallet, uh, was it uncomfortable when you hugged him to say thanks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he was fine with the hug, but the kissing was. A little <laughs> yeah, <fun>. yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Well, thanks to Zay. Good people out yeah. there. Yeah, good day. That's right. Um, speaking of, uh, I mean, guys, are we going to move on to topics, or was there anything else going on in our lives that we want to talk about? I mean, Mother's Day passed. Uh, well, speaking of mothers, Shane. Yeah. Is Alex okay? Oh. Yeah. So what happened is earlier in the week, she felt like I don't know. She's talking. Wait, about wait, 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 wait. Just for our listeners, just before we recorded this pod, Alex had posted on social media that she was in the hospital. Just, just so like our listeners know, that's the concern. So she, she had a post on yeah. this family tree basically saying that she was in the hospital, uh, which is why Erica's asking you uh, how Alex is doing. Yeah, so I guess she's been talking a lot about her cervix lately, and she's like, oh, I feel dilated or something. So she went to the washroom, and, well, can I not say that? Yeah. Okay. And uh, she started feeling up there. And she felt the baby's head. <laughs> wow. Like, that's crazy, right? So uh, I was just like, oh, does it have hair or like, is it bald? <laughs> and she was like, oh, no, I can't feel it's in the amniotic sac, but I, I can feel it. And I'm dilated a centimeter. And then, I don't know, I guess she felt like the, the baby might come a little early. So she went to the hospital just to uh, be extra safe. But the doctors didn't really seem to think it was too much of a concern. So she came back. Mm. Yeah. So it wasn't like a huge crazy deal, but it's definitely the baby's Alex has kind of a different body type where the, the babies always hang lower on her body. Like she doesn't really have a tummy. It's more like a, just really low and it's mm. very uncomfortable to walk. So she has to more like waddle than walk. Interesting. Well, yeah. good to hear that everything's all right. We didn't yeah. know if we were going to have to postpone the podcast, mm-hmm. but Alex is good. Feeling better. Oh, I did have another I wanted to talk about for a second. I had another crazy moment with a Bachelor contestant. What? <laughs> this is becoming your thing. Do you know uh, Taylor Nolan, Max, or uh, Erica? Uh, no. How do you spell she, Nolan? Is it a boy or a girl? It's a, it's a woman. And, Taylor, uh, she, how do you spell Nolan? N-O-L-A-N. Taylor Nolan. So she got in, okay. She was the one who got in the argument with Corinne about being emotionally unintelligent. Okay, is she Taymoka? Yes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. She, okay, okay so, she, I'm so interested because she has, a, has had a crazy evolution since then. Oh my God, yeah. Like in like well, the like sex positive sex, community and sex, all this oh, stuff. Yeah. So crazy. So I'm like, oh, like I'll give her a 15 minute interview. Uh, she's a psychoanalyst also. We end up talking for an hour on the on the phone Shane her title is just analyst but go on (laughs) (laughs) that's good and uh so I ask I ask a question like she's a little bit of a sexual therapist too so I ask a question but Alex didn't like the question and it got super uncomfortable and was Alex on the phone with you or was it just to to you oh uh, the interview it was for this family tree so Alex was on the call too 
And then Alex, Shane's just making, he's like, I'm making my own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Well, if, Mike doesn't want to talk to bachelor people. So, <laughs> I'll talk to anybody. So then, so Alex starts crying. We get in like a bit of an argument as Taylor's listening to us. So this person for the bachelor, <laughs> we, we hang up the call. Taylor calls us back. And she gives, a, she goes, I want to uh, give you some uh, free therapy. And she gave us a 15 minute therapy session. Just Alex and I. Whoa. Off air. Whoa. Isn't that wow. funny? Isn't that weird? What did you, okay. Can you, will you get into any of these details or should we just listen and subscribe yeah, to we, this we, family tree? It's a tough episode. Alex told me not to say anything now. And she told me she has to listen to it. Like she's kind of mm. like manager ashing the shit out of this episode because <laughs> it did get a little too crazy, but it, it spiraled out of control. And I didn't know Taylor was so open and willing to delve anywhere that usually I'm the guy to push the limits, but she was almost pushing the limits and like fueling my fire. And it just Whoa. spiraled. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It's it, it ended up being like an hour and 12 minutes long, but yeah. Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah, it was intense. I didn't. I never thought I'd get that deep and heavy with a bachelor contestant, but here we are. How was her therapy? She's good. Yeah, she's. You can tell she's younger. She's only twenty five, right? But still, she's very intelligent and very caring and very sweet, and obviously cares about the job. You know, normally you interview somebody and they're dying to get off the phone at the second the fifteen minutes is up. She's twenty five and a therapist. You're going to give Erica a complex. She's already having issues at twenty four. <laughs> yeah. <where she's> <laughs> But she's um, a terrible binge drinker, Erica. So oh, okay, good. You got her like, beat. Just like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got to say, so because Max, or sorry, Shane had said that uh, uh, Alex was going to uh, manager Ash the shit out of uh, this Family Tree podcast, Ash then texted the group uh, that she said she loves being a verb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that text just came That's through. I, as always, manager Ash is listening into our call uh, just to make sure that nobody says anything crazy during these quarantine times. Um, man, so you're, you're two for two on bachelors now, Shane, are you going to exclusively start going for bachelor contestants? I think I'm going to move into Vanderpump rules next. There's this woman named <laughs> Stassi that I really want to talk to. <laughs> hey, um, by the way, Shane, yep. uh, this didn't work out obviously, but I did DM Maddie Pruitt, uh, on Arkell's IG asking to get a birthday shout out for my friend Shane. Didn't wow. respond. Did she, she didn't uh, respond? No, she didn't. Oh, I thought the blue geez. check mark, 100,000 followers would get me somewhere, but Dang. no dice. She's too hot right now. Yeah, you know what, Shane? I did manage to get Jenna Jameson to uh, give you a shout out for your birthday by. D- no, I'm kidding. I wish yeah. I did. <laughs> call back for the last a r- episode. A rub out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, another thing that I kind of want to get everyone's opinion on um, I started watching Dave. Uh, which is this comedy on FX. And only because, Shane, you talked about it and you said it's the best show. And it is the best show. Yes. And it is so incredibly up my alley. Um, Same producer as Curb. Same producer as Curb. It's about a Jewish guy who's with curly hair, who's roughly my age, who loves basketball and loves hip-hop. The difference is between I'm a rock and roll musician. He's actually a rapper. He's in L.A. He's trying to make it as a rapper. He's And he's like, I don't want to give too much away, but it is the fucking best show. Like, I'm on episode four, so I'm oh, still... episode about, five's the best one. Oh, and then okay, episode good. nine okay, How many episodes yeah. are in the first season? Uh, there's ten episodes. Okay, so... 
Um, and Shane, even though you said it was the best show and you said like, oh, I think you'd like it, there needs to be another level of you must watch this thing or you must consume yeah. this thing. And we, we need to develop a code word I was going to do that to you, Max. I was going to say you of all people would love this, Max. But I was watching a stand-up comedian and he was making fun of people who do that. I think it was Jerry Seinfeld, actually. He's like, when, oh. <laughs> when people go, you would love it, you. And I was like, okay, maybe that's annoying when people do that. So I didn't want to do it. No, too. no, no. But it's it's one thing for for people to like talk about their favorite shows. Everybody talks about their favorite shows. And to be honest, there's a lot of other people's favorite shows that I have no interest in. But if I think we need to develop a thing. It's like, no, no, no. Like I get one every three years that I will tell you you have to watch it, and this yeah. is the thing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like it has to be reserved for a very specific thing. Well, but I anyway, f- I, yeah, I feel ahead. like the secret is out because I put it up on my Instagram, just like a clip from the show. I said this is the best show on television, and I think I got thirty inbox messages, and I've never gotten that many in my entire life. About that show? About the show? Yeah. That, and there were fans that were like, oh, I love that show too. Some people had some qualms with it, but most people said, oh, it's fucking amazing. Can't wait for season two. We talked about scenes. Like, it was crazy. I'd never had that much engagement on Instagram. Yeah. Anyway, everybody just watch. I mean, you know what's funny, though, that I'm saying, like, you have to watch a show. Lauren's like, uh, like, I'll watch it with you, but it kind of makes me uncomfortable. So it's definitely not for everybody. Oh, there's right. scenes that are crazy, but there's also a, an emotional heart to it and a, an art to it that's that kind of softens the crazier parts. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, great recommendation. And I highly recommend if you like Kirby Enthusiasm and Jewish white guys that love basketball and hip hop. This, this and the, when like I know Entourage has a bit of a stink on it, but when Entourage was in its best part, when people really loved Entourage, it has that quality to it also. Yeah, the hang. Yeah, the good hang. Exactly. People need records right. during these times, so that's yeah. a good one. Good shout out. Uh, okay, guys, before we move on to uh, topics, I just want to remind everyone to, uh, if you got some time to kill, maybe you want to uh, check out our other podcast, The Pedestal, with uh, myself, Shane, and Jonathan Popolis, who's a Mensa member, incredibly tall, played in the Raptors <laughs> Republic basketball tournament with us at center, did amazing. Uh, we have guest stars on, like Jay Onright, who's been on this podcast, who's amazing. Uh, what more can we say about Jay? He's awesome. He came on, and he chose the film Caddyshack. Uh, mm-hmm. We also did The Goonies, which is a, a favorite of many people, and Anna Goya came on as well, and she did the movie sleepless in seattle so those three have been dropped check them out if you haven't checked out the other ones it's just three people uh plus our guests talking about movies and deciding whether or not these classic movies that people have on a pedestal should stay there or maybe be knocked off but if you got time to kill check it out hopefully you dig it uh so there's my uh, shameless plug gang great plug um thank you uh moving on to topics so first topic is uh i guess handshaking uh, Dr. Fauci, I saw a couple of weeks ago, had said, uh, I believe from the White House in one of the briefings, that handshaking might be something that we don't do going forward. He's like, maybe it wasn't a great idea in the first place, as it is sort of a very quick way to uh, spread germs. But obviously, with uh, in light of the way that the world is going right now in this pandemic, uh, Max was wondering, do we think handshakes are gone forever? And is that a good thing? Did, what did we like about them? What did we dislike about them? Yeah, because I kind of want to get into like the... The, the you know the touching like I know some people are very uncomfortable with like the hug what do I do in these social situations like I think a lot of people have stress in the work in the workplace especially where it's like am I a hugger do I handshake like at what point does the handshake go to the hug you know like how many you know or whatever you know what I mean like the male female dynamic 
And as much as I kind of in, enjoy the physical touch and like with all my friends and, and people that I know in, in a work setting to a degree as well, the um, it might be a much simpler world if that just isn't a thing anymore. What, what are your yeah, Shane? What do you think? Um, I like the handshake if it could always be guaranteed to be limited to the handshake, but there's mm. too many variations. Sometimes it gets thrown into a hug. The, sometimes I'm uh, like I don't know if, if there's a guy in the mix, so I'll shake his hand. And if there's a cool guy in the mix, then I got to do a three phaser. Then the next person's a woman. I'm like, <laughs> do I shake her hand or hug her? Because women sometimes want to hug. Maybe that's the expectation. So, yeah, I say. But sometimes it's, they, it's like they don't want to hug because that's crossing a line where they're I uncomfortable. Know. Oh, like in so these days, it's even harder. I wish you could just hug everybody. Oh, <laughs> like I actually prefer a hug to a handshake, just a straight up hug. But sometimes really? I go that's to hug guys and they don't like me. Hmm. Interesting. Has that ever happened to you where you go to hug a guy and he's, he kind of pushes you away? <laughs> not, <laughs> not a push, but um, I, I think there's some expectation because I'm a guy in a band and guys in bands seem to hug each other that that's kind of acceptable. But, but you're right. Even within the hug, you can feel if somebody's a little more tense up or if somebody's giving a one-hander back to you and you're giving a two-hander. Do you yeah. know what I mean? If you're in a hug with a dude and you can just feel his one hand tapping you on your shoulder and then you're squeezing him tight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get the firmness right. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of want to only go into the hug if you if it's like a mutually like expressed hug. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and and if you don't know, it's you know, it can be kind of awkward. Have you ever tried a kiss on the cheek or like been in a culture where that's a thing? Like you kiss one cheek um, or sometimes you kiss two? Sometimes with like older, like if I've, I'm trying to think of like the situation that I've been in, but basically like, uh, fuck, like, like somebody's like older, like Italian mother or something like that, where they do the, the kiss on the cheek. And, and then I feel like a bit of a prude when I'm not ready for it, where I'm like, oh, and I'm kind of like thrown off a little bit. You know what I mean? And, and then, then I feel stupid. Um, I do remember Lauren uh, had a couple uh, French exchange students that were she was in school with, and they they just went straight for the the double kiss, I think, and then, and then you felt like a real square if you didn't return it. So yeah, I don't know, uh, Erica, what do you think of a, a young lady in the workplace? <laughs> yeah, I just think handshakes are just like such a small symbolic thing that I have spent way too much time in my life overthinking, like just like oh, that handshake wasn't firm enough or, oh my God, I forgot to shake that person's hand. I didn't extend the reach and like, oh my God, did it, now do I look unprofessional or like timid? Like, I don't know. So if it becomes not a thing and everyone just awkwardly waves at each other on their way like into meetings or whatever, I would be totally fine with that. In fact, I would prefer it. <laughs> it I, I think it is though, um, if you establish yourself as like, come on, bring it in. Like as like that's sort of an alpha person move. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's, especially if it's from a, a female. I think that's actually, like, Ash does that. Like, oh, I'm a hugger. Come here. And you're like, okay. And it puts everybody at ease. And yeah. I think it's actually a good move. Yeah. And I've always, like, yeah, like, I've wanted to be that person who, like, always shakes a hand when they meet someone, like, social setting, professional, whatever. But I'm just too scared to do it. It's such a bold move. Like, at a party or something, you meet someone new. Sometimes it's like, 
oh, like, should we shake hands? Oh, I don't know. Like, I'm just so awkward about it. So I've never been. I think person. if a guy does it, it could be a little like, all right, settle down. But if a, if a girl like yourself, like Ash is just texting me right now, like, I fucking love hugs. If you're like, come on, I'm a hugger. <laughs> then you're like, you put everybody at ease if, you, if you're up Yeah, for that, that's true. Obviously. It's got like a, lo- yeah. like a loose, goofy way to meet people. Yeah. Yeah. Hugs are probably way more sanitary than a handshake, too. Yeah. Mm. Mike, do you have any thoughts on this? I I like handshakes. I do. I, I there's something about them that are like kind of classic. And like since we were in high school, like you get that advice where it's like have a firm handshake and and what it can mean for your career and all that. So then you kind of have this thing and you're like, oh, am I a good handshaker? And then you feel comfortable with your handshake. And it's just like it is that icebreaker. It's just a good way to be like, oh, what up? You know, like or if you meet somebody new and you're being introduced, it's just kind of a good way to kick things off traditionally. Um, which is interesting. Actually, one of the funny things about like being like, I'm a hunger, bring it in, is at the last time I was out socially, which was at the Nick Nurse Gala, uh, everybody was bumping elbows because it was already kind of like, hey, what are we doing? And people, all the jokes in the beginning when you would run into somebody you know, is it's like, what are we doing? Are we hand- shaking hands? Are we bumping elbows? And everybody was pretty much bumping elbows. And I ran into a friend of mine who was doing some work there. And uh, <laughs> I was like, all right, uh, are we bumping elbows? He goes, fuck that, bring it in. And he just, just gave me a big <laughs> hug. <laughs> but he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a pal. So I just thought it was so funny that he had no concern. And he's a bit bigger than me. So I was just enveloped in a hug all of a sudden. <laughs> and I was like, well, fuck, I, I guess we're doing this. Um, but I don't know if going forward, which is the second part of the question, if it's going to be eradicated or if people are just going to sort of like, it's going to become very natural to just sort of nod and be like, oh, hey, how's it going? And what used to be the first step of an interaction was a handshake or a hug or a high five. People really got into high fives for a bit. Or like you said, like the bring it in and sort of taking the the initiative. I, I do think it's going to change short term. But if there it gets to a point where it's like this specific thing, COVID-19 has like a really good sort of treatment where people don't die and it's almost like just like a cold or a flu again, um, or there's a vaccine, I think it will take literally all of like one month for everyone to go back to all their old shit. Just they'll just, mm. it'll just restart again. I don't think this is the beginning of like people receding from the handshake or the hug that being said the caveat is obviously if they don't come up with a treatment or like a vaccine over you know if this goes on for a half decade or something like that then yeah we're, we've seen the last of not only handshakes but so much more what about blowing kisses that's probably bad for the corona it's don't blow sexual, too hard I think. droplets are an issue what about a mm. wink Ooh, kind of like the wink yeah. <laughs> we take back the wink yeah, a wink can be unsettling, though. It's like, did yeah. they just wink at me? What What are yeah. they doing? Is it like? But if that they... becomes the cultural norm, then it's fine. What about the yeah. Arsenio? <laughs> <laughs> we will, we will, though, as humans, come up with a way to greet each other again, and it will become normal, whatever that is. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's going to be hard for like steak eating businessmen to not shake hands, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like Shane's Shane's father in law is like a guy that's like, you know, he's sort of guy that you go for dinner with and you see him, you want to give John a good handshake, you know? Oh, yeah. like, I know people like that. And I like that. I, I will sort of miss that. But I wonder if dudes like that will be able to sort of enter a world now where they just say, what's up? Oh, or yeah. hello. Yeah, he's like a massager too, my father-in-law. <laughs> like if you're at the table, he'll come behind and give your shoulders oh, a little. Oh, lovely. Rub. Nah, he doesn't do that. I was, oh. just <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to think of something weird he could be doing to make me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but wait, I have a question for you guys. When do you think the next time we will touch each other will be? And what do you think that touch will be? A high oh. five? Also, here's the other thing. is The Champagne Boys in general... 
are very, we've always been very physical with each other, whether it's like a hug or like guys will wrestle if we're all getting kind of drunk. <laughs> will, the, will the champagne boys <laughs> with each other, like it's going to be so interesting when we all start to have six foot hangs or whatever that looks like as things progress. It's like, we're just so, you know, guys know what I mean? We're so physical yeah. with each other. What's it going to look well, like? Well, I, I think it's like until there's like a vaccine or some medication for it, there's just not going to be any touching period. And you have to stay six feet and you have to do it outside, et cetera, et cetera. Because, but, but when they do figure that out, I think everyone's hugging the shit out of each other. Like the whole night, people are like shirts off. No one's leaving each other's arms for the next seven hours kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think mm-hmm. that's what it'll be. Cause like if you can shake hands, then you might as well be hugging. As Shane said, it's actually safer to hug at that point. How do you guys think, how are people going to date? How are single people going to go out there? Like, are people going to casually hook up before there's like a treatment or a vaccine? They got it. Sex right? is They'll a powerful drug. Yeah. <laughs> you said that so, <laughs> so seriously. <laughs> Serious business, man. Um, <clears throat> okay. Moving on to the next topic, guys. Uh, we're talking about Dave Grohl. Uh, he penned a article that, uh, where did it run in Max? Was it in the Atlantic? I can't remember what he what they aired. Yeah, in. the Atlantic. And uh, it's basically so it's a first person piece written by Dave Grohl, who's also been doing this really cool thing actually, where he's sharing like Dave Grohl stories on an Instagram account that he should probably save for a book. But I've been enjoying those. Go check those out if you want. He has a really good David Bowie one. But he also, because everyone's got time on their hands, wrote this article basically as an ode to sort of like the power of live music. And he, he articulated very well that to, to a point where it made you want to go to a live concert, what he misses about live music and how he doesn't know how long it's going to be, but eventually people will stand shoulder to shoulder and sweat it out and scream lyrics at the top of their lungs because it's just such a, a human thing to do. Um, but what was interesting about this and what got Maxi thinking is that Dave Grohl is kind of this unofficial spokesperson for rock and roll uh, in general. And so it's like people just kind of like they, they accept that he might have something to say and that he can speak for the community, I guess. Uh, are there other people um, in different fields or sort of like um, entertainment uh, positions, whether it's like an actor, or an actress or even a politician? Who is that spokesperson? Uh, so first of all, I just want to know, what'd you guys think of Dave Grohl's piece? What did it speak to you, Max, as a musician, as a guy that's waiting to get back out and play in front of thousands of people? Yeah. Um, Dave Grohl's like approval ratings is like a hundred percent, I think in the rock and roll community, like he sort of hits all the right notes for like what the spirit of rock and roll should be. And he's always been like a good spokesperson about it and like a real everyman. Um, so if you're into like the history of rock and roll, like you're in, you're kind of into Dave Grohl and, and and it's hard to like I feel like every other frontman you can be critical of in one way or another but Dave Grohl kind of like has enough self awareness to to get it just right um, so yeah I enjoyed the piece and I and I totally identify with what are you looking at me like that for Mike Oh no I was no because Erica was coughing and she almost Sorry. spit up her water <laughs> so I, I just felt pepper in my throat <clears throat> yeah what, 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 are you, what are you eating Erica. No, I had a Caesar, but I added some pepper and salt in it. Um, I think it mm. fucked me up. <laughs> uh, Mike, you were, uh, yeah, I thought you were looking at me. Like, what's he saying about, like, I was like, I didn't think my take on Dave Grohl was that uh, No, I was concerned. <laughs> I was concerned about Erica because <laughs> she was coughing and then it looked like the water was coming up. And then I was like, is she choking? Uh, but I also didn't want to cut you off because you were on a roll and yes, you were sorry. articulating so nice. <laughs> that's okay so um but it just got me thinking about how i think like every 
uh, cottage industry should have a spokesperson because Dave Grohl clearly is the is the person who should be writing that article in the Atlantic about like what we're meant to be as this like name the job. So in Dave Grohl's case, it's like what we're meant to be as rock and roll artists. So I was th- so I made like a little bit of a list. It's like. I think I don't know if you have in front of you there, Mike, but like, who is the who is the spokesperson for various cottage industries? Uh, do you want to go through the list and then we maybe we can go through each one individually? Okay, so here, so, so this is the categories: the people that would be the Dave Grohl version of comedians, actors, actresses, tech politicians, athletes, sports owners, and then wellness, uh, maybe holistic type people. So let's start with comedians. Who who should speak for all the comedians? Uh, Max, I think you've thought about this a lot. We'll go around. We'll go Max, Shane, Erica, and then myself. Okay, so this is actually an interesting one um, because my first instinct was to say John Mulaney. John Mulaney's very smart, went to Georgetown. He's very kind of woke and, you know, I think tonally, I think he hits a lot of the right notes, et cetera, et cetera. But then I was like, wait a second. Actually, if you're a comedian, you kind of have to, part of being a comedian in many ways is not really giving a shit about what people think of you and just kind of telling it to you straight and finding the weird dark corners of humanity and making light of them. And so I was thinking, okay, maybe Mulaney's actually the worst person to be the spokesperson uh, for comedians because he doesn't actually represent what a lot of comedy is about. You need to have somebody who maybe goes, I don't give a shit what, you know, polite society <laughs> says. give us the answer. Oh, okay, well, I was going to say, sorry, uh, I was going to say, just off the top of my head, Chris D'Elia. Chris D'Elia is, oh. uh, is wow. no, no, not to say that he's the best comedian. I'm not saying he's the best comedian. He's too weird. I, he doesn't even uh, drink well, alcohol. Me, okay. Well, let me, all, all, my, all I'm saying is, I guess you could say Chris Rock, Chris D'Elia. Yes, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Yeah, I guess Chris Rock is probably has more of a catalog to him. I, I, I thought Chris D'Elia was interesting because he's a little younger, maybe connects with the younger comedians. I don't know. That's maybe a bullshit excuse. Shane, what do you think? I was thinking Chris Rock, and I was listening to David Spade on Howard Stern, and he was just saying that Chris Rock has so many like pearls of wisdom that he's always spouting off to younger comedians and him himself, not just about comedy, but about life. And it seems to always be pretty uh, true. To form, and David was just mm. saying how he's like a genius at that. So Chris Rock. So Chris Rock. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mike. Oh, you skipped Erica, Maxi. No, you go ahead, Mike. Okay, Erica, go ahead. She's debating her two favorite uh, contemporary stand. Well, okay. This this question really confused <laughs> me. I know now I uh, misunderstood it. I thought I, you said something about cottages and celebrity. I thought you wanted to know like <laughs> which celebrity we thought. <laughs> Liked to go to the cottage the most, or something like who would oh, I most want that likely? Answer. <laughs> that answer was way better. Like, who would be, so who would you want who to go to the, the cottage person for cottaging or something? It's like what I understood. Because like because Mac used the phrase cottage industry. Thought, in his- <laughs> Should this be the game? This is yeah, way better. Want- Let's switch it because I was actually like, oh, this is kind of stale in a way. Like all we're going to do is just say names. But I like this. Who would be the most fun at a cottage? <laughs> yeah. I shit, did. why the fuck did you not just say that you didn't like the, the thing? I don't give a shit. I'm just trying to give us topics. I don't, I'm not precious about it. I had a if baby you didn't like popping the topics, out of a you- cervix. I didn't even read the text you sent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're switching this up. Which comedian would you want a cottage with? <laughs> uh, Amy Schumer, probably. Mm. Amy Schumer, there oh, you go. That's a good answer. Yeah, that's a great that's answer. That's who I'd want to go to. Okay, you um, go, Mike. 
Well, I'll, I'll answer both now that we have a new question. So I was thinking about <laughs> who could be the spokesperson. And I'm like, it's got to be somebody that's got a pretty good catalog that other comedians respect, um, but is also a little challenging. And I think a good stand-up who could maybe speak and articulate on these things would be Ricky Gervais. Uh, because mm. it seems like he has the respect of sort of the yeah. older comedians, like the Seinfelds and all of those people, but then also younger comedians sort of understand what he's all about, what he's accomplished. And he's just like a very, very smart person that's able to sort of break things down and contextualize it, uh, very well. So he would be my pick. And honestly, did you listen to him on he, Conan, by the way? I haven't seen him on Conan. No, no, uh, no, no. He was just on the Conan pod. Very, very good. Oh, oh I'll listen to him. Sure. Uh, but he'd also be the comedian that I would like to hang out at a cottage with because he enjoys his drinks and he's. <laughs> very funny who's your cottage comedian max cottage hangs mm. i feel like i like ricky gervais and i'm sure he's actually a nice guy but i'm kind of a little afraid of him because he can be so ruthlessly honest with me mm. uh and i might feel a little under the spotlight if he started to make fun of me uh mulaney i'd feel too stupid around i think chris Dilly is too weird uh, Chris Rock's not a bad one. I think Chris Rock would be pretty good. Uh, who are the other big dogs? Uh, oh, they have to be a big dog? I think just have fun at a cottage, you can lower the uh, big dogness. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose that's true. Seth Myers, I think, would be interesting. Is he a comedian? Yeah. He does stand up. Yeah. yeah. I think his wife gave birth in a lobby, and he did a whole uh, stand-up uh, special about that. I also oh, really? was playing with the idea of Steve Martin as well, but he doesn't really do a ton of traditional stand-up anymore. That was like his thing years ago. Now he just kind of does like the live show, like with Martin Short that you can see, but I thought I he'd be never into one. him. Steve Martin. No, never. Like as an actor, what? I liked him, but as a stand-up, I was never into him. Like I like Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. Yeah. Huh. I watched a lot of his, I, he had a special that I used to watch a lot in middle school that we'd rent from like the video station store back like the like 70s Steve Martin, like Arrow on the Head, Steve Martin. I've never seen that. I just, I never like, is that a really great special with the Arrow through the head? Oh, I was so young. I haven't watched it probably since middle school, but in middle school, I loved it. He did like a bit. It was so weird. It was like, uh, it was like, you know, people get high, but have you ever gotten small? And then it's this abstract bit about how like you get really small. And, mm -hmm. and then it's just like him trying to drive a car, but it looks like he's driving like a bus and it's so dumb. But when I was in middle school, I just oh, thought it was funny. like the funniest, weirdest abstract sort of thing. And he, he just had a real vibe to him. But I'm, again, I'm recalling this from decades ago. Now I'm gonna have to go on YouTube and look up that bit. Cause I haven't seen it in like 25 years or whatever. Yeah. I like Steve Martin. What was the movie he did with, um, Eddie Murphy? Uh, oh, uh, uh, trading places? No, uh, no. Uh, it was the it? one where uh, with the actor mixed. Oh, up. a Bowfinger. Norbit. Yeah, I like that Bowfinger. movie. That was good. Yeah, I think um, that was a long time ago. All right. Okay. So, so are we going to go through all these other ones, like the actors? Let's go through a couple people? more, and and uh, and Shane, we can see if you like it or not. Okay, okay. So we'll do the people that should be the spokesperson, and we'd want a cottage with, or are we just parking the cottaging right now? No, nah, we Let's can. If happens. we go quickly, we hey, can get to cottages too. Let's do two. All right, cool. All right, so next we're going to do actors, Maxie. <laughs> <laughs> Who should be the spokesperson for actors in this time or in any well, time, I guess? Now I feel stupid because Shane's just going to go like, oh, that's an obvious one, whatever. <laughs> I, I never um, knew how sensitive you were about uh, categories. The, this question. <laughs> oh, geez. It took two months for it to fall apart, but it's falling apart, guys. I'll, Come on. Yeah, I'll play ball with anything, man. Um. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I think the uh, obvious answer is probably Tom Hanks or um, or Denzel Washington. One or the other would be my top two. Who I'd want a cottage with? 
Okay, no shade. Go. I'll think about my cottage part. Okay, my cottage answer for sure is Tom Hanks. My official <laughs> spokesperson is going to be Daniel Day Lewis. Ooh, uh. not a very public person though. Would he be willing to pen a piece or get up and talk for the people, I think, for the actors I think at large? He, I think he could do it like really competently. Anytime I hear him speak, there's no wasted words. Hmm. Hmm. Erica, um, I would like to go to a cottage with Seth Rogen. Oh, good mm. one. Yeah. He'd be fun at a cottage. Mike? No. Should he? Okay. <laughs> and we'll we'll okay, just say that Seth can be this topic. This topic sucks. Let's go to the next topic. I'm, 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 I'm sick of this you topic. You just do this. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Before topic. we move on, before we move on, uh, I will uh-huh. say that I think Tom Hanks should be the spokesperson for all the actors and my cottage buddy will be Jack Nicholson because I think he still knows how to have fun. Mm, I don't know. I feel like he's too old now. Eh, I, I'm willing to give it a try. He's got to have stories at least. My recall is so bad for uh, like for lists like this. I think it used to be better. Hey, um, you know who I really, speaking of uh, actors and actresses, um, do you guys watch High Fidelity, by the way? The, the no. TV show? I heard it's amazing, though. People keep telling me to watch this with uh, Zoe Kravitz. It's really Zoe, good. Zoe yeah, Kravitz. Zoe, yeah. Zoe, Zoe Kravitz is the, is the lead, and she's very, very good in it. Is it a she remake of the John Cusack movie? Yeah, yeah. she plays the yeah, John it, Cusack character. It's set in modern day. Who plays Jack Black? Uh, she has like um, a sidekick who's sort of like a Lizzo type character uh, who's like an aspiring musician. So that's who the Jack Black character would be, I think. Oh, cool. It's been on my list. Yeah, I Which, recommend that one. What network is this on or whatever? You can uh, get it on, uh, Shaney, if you have Bell 5, it's there. Just search it. It's on like Crave right now. Oh, I'll check that out. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll do that too. Yeah, 10 episodes. Oh, you'll blow right dance. through it. I, there's going to be parts of it, Shane, that you kind of roll your eyes at a bit. But overall, great hang, really good music in it. Um, good performances. I like how. Do you know who's cast. in it? Do you know who else is in it? And this is a way back playback I, for oh, all the this, much this music blew my viewers. Mind. Yeah. But uh, former much music VJ Rainbow Sun Franks is in. Oh this wow! Show. Good for him. I loved Rainbow. When, Me when too. I was, he was my favorite. Uh, he was my favorite, and uh, like he would have been on the air when I was like twelve or something. So like prime much music watching time. And I was like, I wish I was that guy. He's a cool half black dude. Awesome. Afro just sort of stoned all the time. And or just like very like laid back. I don't know. Oh, if he, he didn't really give a shit. He was always so comfortable on air. Yeah. He, it, it, so he, yeah, the, the career path of a lot of these much music VJs after they want to leave is, is can be really tough. And he, I don't, I guess he was trying to act for a while and I yeah, haven't really seen like much of, the, of him. Uh, I think, I think he was in one of the Stargates, like a sci-fi show and stuff like that. But his connection, if I'm right, I, I could be wrong, but basically he's known the Kravitz family forever. He basically grew up with them. So I think, I think his sister, Cree Summer, starred in that show, A Different World, with Lisa Bonet, who is Zoe Kravitz's mother. So basically, Hold on, whose sister? Rainbow Sam Franks? Yes. Yeah. His dad's an actor too, yeah. That's right. Oh. So they've been part of like that crew forever. So like Lenny Kravitz follows them. Like they've all known each other for years and years. So I think Zoe Kravitz is kind of like a a cousin or a younger sister to him. And so it's like, Mm. I remember hearing that years ago. And so then he's gone into acting. And then now that she's got this show, he's, he's in it. Hey, did you know, well, I think most people know that Lenny Kravitz is half Jewish, right? Yeah. 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 I knew that. Do you know that Lisa Bonet is also half Jewish? Yeah. Yeah. You knew that? Yeah. Yeah. I thought everybody so, knew that. Okay, I only found that out. <laughs> Erica um, knows that. Uh, Erica, yeah. do you knew that? Erica just her eyes she went were to just a closed. cottage. Were with you her. Just, Erica, yeah. were you just sleeping? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> must have froze. Um, but yeah, and so hence 
uh, Zoe Kravitz, also half Jewish, like Max, me. Oh, cool. <laughs> me. The same. And, cool. and Drake. Yeah. Nice. Right. Good company. And what about Just Lil? Saying. What about Lil Dicky? Is he half full? I think he's a full. Yeah, Jew. he's full. He's like yeah, yeah. very Jewish. Um, mm-hmm. What? Uh, do you know the story about Amanda Walsh, formal v, former VJ? No. Mike, tell the story about Amanda Walsh. Did she hit on you at a party one time? No, Shane, no, is it's, where it's way more tragic than that. <laughs> um, oh, this is a great story. Yes. Oh, okay. I actually think about this story quite often. So the story of Amanda Walsh, who's a former Much Music VJ, it's not the story of her life. She's, I'm sure, very happy and, and doing very well right now, I think. Um, she left um, being a VJ to be an actor. So she goes into acting. She like goes down to LA. She was actually in that show Parenthood with like Craig T. Nelson. Like You can see her IMDb. She worked. She's like... Got she a had a, uh, like a 10 second spot in boyfriend, like that Matthew McConaughey boyfriend's past movie. Ghost, Ghost of, of boyfriend's, girlfriend's past. past. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like a working actor in LA after being a much music VJ. Here's where the story gets interesting. Uh, she gets cast in a show called the big bang theory. And if you go online, mm-hmm. you can see the pilot of this show where you have all the guys like Jim Parsons as Sheldon and uh, uh, Johnny Galecki and all that. They're all in the pilot and the Kaylee Kuko role of Penny is played by Amanda Walsh. So she's doing this whole scene where she's got like the uh, the whiteboard and she's doing some complex math equation and then the other actors or whatever are there. For whatever reason, like you can see this thing on YouTube, um, they don't, like they, they decide they're going to make a change. I don't know if Kaylee Kuko becomes sort of available because she was a more famous person. She was coming off of that Eight Simple Rules show. But Amanda Walsh, for whatever reason... Uh, they, they just they felt like she didn't work. Her character was didn't have enough heart or was too ditzy or something. Yeah, for whatever reason, yeah. they swap row and Kaylee Kuko and ends up getting, I want to say Kukoc because I've been watching The Last Dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony Kukoc, amazing baller, Kaylee Kuko. Coco? I don't know how to say her fucking name. Kukolo. Kukolo. Is that actually how you say it? I don't know. That's how I've been saying it though. <laughs> <laughs> um, she ends up getting the role so here's the thing that show obviously goes on to run for more than a decade those guys end up all getting over a million dollars an episode because it becomes the number one most popular oh, show on wow. TV so imagine if you're that person that you get cast you get the role as the in- lead woman the female lead in the biggest sitcom yeah. ever and then you're just left out and everyone else goes on to become multi multi-millionaires and every time, and the show's everywhere, so you can't even really escape it. You're just always like, ah, fuck, that show's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I actually read another recent one where that show, Frasier, as people might be aware, yeah. uh, the character of Roz, who's like his radio producer, who's like a real ball buster, Lisa Kudrow, cast, in, mm-hmm. uh, they start reading for the pilot. I was just reading this story. It's so fascinating. Uh, I think uh, the, the, the producer or the, the creator of the show was telling the story, said that once they got to the table read, like they loved Lisa Kudrow. Her, her audition was amazing. But when she started reading with Frazier or uh, Kelsey Grammer, it, there was just something slightly off about the chemistry where they didn't feel like she was like, she could bust his balls enough. She didn't have enough presence to sort of like be someone that Kelsey Grammer's character could be like intimidated by, like no match. So they have to basically tell her after she gets this huge part uh, that she's out, She's that they're going to hire their second choice, which ends up being Perry Gilpin. We're going deep now on a sitcom actor names from the 90s. And then the, the, the creator of the show says, um, we all felt relieved because we felt terrible. When you do that to an actor, a young actor, it's like the worst. He goes, but six months later, she got cast in Friends. And so all mm. of them felt like they were off the hook. And they were like, okay, we're, we're absolved of sort of like uh, d- doing uh, Lisa Kudrow a little bit dirty. And that show yeah, the- became very successful. <laughs> For sure, it did, <laughs> yes. Did you know who uh, was originally cast as Niles? No. 
Rick the Temp. <laughs> You're lying. Yeah, I'm lying, man. It's a good music. <laughs> Speaking of Rick the Temp, he just followed me on uh, Instagram. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, our, our friend Jared Diggs has been doing this five at five uh, that Shane's been appearing on a lot. I'm shocked Max hasn't appeared on it. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, he hasn't asked me yet. Maybe he's too afraid that I'll say no or something. He is. Um, but he had Rick Campanelli on and Shane had texted me and he said, Hey, uh, Rick and JR are talking about you. You came up because I knew Rick from the old much days, uh, when I'd like got into a VJ search. Is he a Hamilton guy? I think he's a Hamilton guy. Yeah. Born and raised man. Um, so anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, really great guy. Really, really, really like sweet, honest, like authentic dude. Uh, love Rick Campanelli. But anyway, we just followed each other on social media. The thing with that Amanda Walsh story, which is extra tough is that it's just obviously so hard to break in and get any show that gets anywhere period. And, and but the thing is, it's not even really about the show. Like, I don't even know if the people was a big bang theory. Yeah. yeah. Is that what it's called? I never watched that show, but is that the one with Jason Segal on it? Or is that how I met your mother? That's how I met your mother. That's how, yeah. Anyway, it, whenever these, most of these people on these shows don't actually sound like they like the show. Like a lot of times you hear like, Oh yeah, I did the show, but it, but it makes them a lot of money and it gives them that comfort of not having to struggle for rent and do a bunch of shitty stuff and also allows them to hopefully get cooler movie movie roles in other projects. So yeah, shit that that is. That sucks. It's it's <laughs> tough one. And she's she's a, she's like I don't know her well or anything, but like there's a little bit of overlap I think when I first started working there, but she's like this super nice person. And for all I know, she's probably like, "Oh no, like if things worked out for the best, I'm super happy whatever." But I I think about how I would feel, and I'm just like, that would be a tough one to sort of get over every time you read a new like Hollywood reporter story about how they're all making a million dollars an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh and you just see the ratings like getting on one of those sitcoms like how i met your mother or big bang theory or any of these things is honestly like winning the lottery because if you have a show that runs for a decade especially back then it's like you never have to work again man like it's pretty sweet if you're like a young actor yeah yeah Hmm. hey max (laughs) would you ever go into acting like let's say there was a new canadian sitcom coming out (laughs) And they were like, ooh, Max, you know, you, you yeah. got some visibility. You're famous. Like, you'd be one of, like, you know, like an ensemble cast in, like, a Big Bang Theory. You know what? I uh, spent some time with some actors. Like, Tyler Kite's an actor. Nick Rose is an actor. You know, the, the two guys that Dwayne Gretzky sweet guys. thing. Dwayne, Dwayne Gretzky. Yeah, sweet thing is how I originally know them. I don't know why I said that. Um, and they are amazing like when, I, when i'm around them i can tell them like oh no you know how to do things with your eyes and be expressive in particular ways that i just don't i don't have that skill set and so and and i'm i think they're particularly like well adjusted fun to be around kind of people so it's not annoying there's obviously some actors that are like okay can you dial it down a little bit i've been to some parties with some actors i'm just like everybody needs to like bring it back 40 percent. okay can we just have a normal conversation please hello max um, <laughs> no it's true i'm not kidding i remember uh one time we kind of um snuck into a party at the bottom of the e1 building like in the foyer because uh, where E1 or management is in downtown Toronto, they have this like amazing event space on the first floor. And you can be leaving, if you're leaving the building at any point after 7 p.m. on any day, pre-COVID times, there's usually some open bar event going on. And I, who was I with? Was I with you, Mike? Or I don't I know. With Dan. Anyway, we were there. And actually, we were at the bar across the street. This was probably like 9 p.m. <laughs> and... We're like, why are we paying for drinks here when we could just go across the street? And it looks like there's some people we might know there. So we go in there, and it's some like 
some agency party for some actors, like actors representation or something like that. And so we just like go to the bar. We start to have some drinks. People are asking me for my photo. And so <laughs> they're excited. Like, thanks so much for coming to our event. I'm like, anytime. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, so some of these, some of the conversations were just like a bit much. Um, but oh, to answer your question though, I don't know if I could do anything but myself. Like, so if if whatever I'm doing right now in this podcast is like that's it, that's the chemistry we need. Yeah, it's like little Dicky, but w- with well, our Kells. Okay, well, I was gonna say is I find little Dicky uh, Dave to be a good actor, but he's I, amazing. or is he just really good at being himself? I which or, it's hard to be yourself, and he's just very good. That's at that. yeah. that's a life statement, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Ash just said I was with Greg and Dan, by the way, when we uh, busted into that party. But um, do you, oh, well, I guess you guys have worked in, with many actors. You guys have to cast people all the time. Would I be a good actor? Shane, you've directed me. What, what do you think? I think you'd be okay. Because you just have that. E- <laughs> you, no, no, seriously. You have that easygoing thing about you. And that's, that's what you need. You can't be stiff. You're not mm. too self-conscious, Max. This is the good thing about you. You sort of just have a natural preset of confidence uh, and, mm. and you don't overthink things. That is very, very mm. helpful and I think has served you yeah. extremely well. It's, it's a good way to live. It's one mm. of your more admirable qualities. Thank you. Uh, Shane, are you a good actor? Mm, I can be. But no, mm. I, like it has to, I'm like you. It has to be in my zone. If it's, if it's out of my zone, I'm no good. I'm not like Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> is, 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 is Brad Pitt a good actor? By the way, uh, yes, he's a very good I actor. I think he he's is. Amazing. I do, but I've wondered it. I have wondered it in the past. I'm like, is he really? just Brad? I, well, I sometimes I feel like I can see Brad Pitt acting, but I do. I just feel like I can see it sometimes, which is a weird thing. Like in Twelve Monkeys, which people love him in, and he got nominated for an Oscar, I believe. I just feel like I can see the affectation so much sometimes with him. And I don't know if it's cause he's so good looking that I'm just like, eh, it just feels like a guy putting it on. But you see something like once upon a time in Hollywood and there's just such an effortless charisma and he is acting. So I think Brad Pitt's a good actor, but I've wondered it, Max, I have wondered it. Yeah. I think part of it, I'm not to say that he's not good. I think he's obviously like, I can't keep, keep my oh. eyes off him. If he's on this, on there's the a screen. certain baseline and- that we acknowledge no matter what, he's still in the top, I'm saying like when you compare him to Daniel Day-Lewis, I'm saying obviously he's a good actor. I'm just like, is he a great actor? Can you still yeah, be I, a great actor if you can only really play yourself? It's a great question. Like Tom Cruise, for instance. Like he tried that Irish accent. It didn't really work out. <laughs> Far and away. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of Brad's best advantages, which I don't think it's talked about a ton, is the, it's just the sound of his voice. Like he's obviously so handsome, but his voice is so low and cuts in just the right way that I could just listen to him speak all the time. And he's from like the middle of the country. So he has sort of like that Midwestern slash like Southern thing that comes to him very naturally. And it was really apparent when he and Leo were on uh, WTF together. And I was like, wait a second. I think I'm just pretty taken by Leo's looks and probably his performances. But this just the pure sound of his voice isn't necessarily that great. But Brad's voice, he's just like, has that actor tonality or whatever it is, you know? And it's very impressive. Yeah, I, uh, I do. So, Shaney, you're, 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 you're a good actor. I've seen you act. You've been in stuff that I've seen you in. Uh, Mike, are you a good actor? But like that's goofy stuff. Yeah. Uh, are you a good actor, Mike? No, I I don't think like I like I was in skits growing up. Like we used to shoot skits all the time. That there's probably we have like six VHS tapes from like 
grade seven to grade 12 of like kids in the hall, SNL type sort of like sketches that we would do. And we would play all sorts of characters. I haven't seen those in a very long time. I imagine I would cringe, but it's like, we all mess around. I would be very interested to see what it would look like if I tried to act. But I think that I'm probably at this point too, I'd be too in my own head about it. Uh, and it's also like, I also feel like it's always a weird disservice to like people that study the craft and like really like, you know, put a lot into acting and they're like, actually there's more to it than just showing up and reading lines. But then I'm like, I think there's some people that just have something that they can, that, that translates on camera. I don't necessarily think that I'm one of those people. Uh, if I were to try and act, have you seen me act in anything, Shane? Have I ever, have I done like, we've probably done skits as ourself. That's yeah. Like, Oh, like Sean's wedding video, for instance. Like yeah, stuff like that. That's, like, that's different goofy acting though. I think, I think skit acting there's, you get a lot more rope and it's a different type of comedy acting. Yeah. Well, it'd be so funny to see any of our friends do a dramatic role. And sometimes I wonder this about actors too. It's like when you know somebody so well, if you were to see them on screen, like crying over like the death of a loved one, but you know, they're acting, how are you not going to laugh your ass off because you know the person <laughs> so you can, you can see through it. Like, like when George Clooney's closest friends see him really going for it, are they like, he's a master or are they like, Oh, this is hilarious. Like, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but like, I wouldn't, I couldn't help but feel uncomfortable watching anybody I know very well, like sincerely act. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. How yeah. did you guys? Yeah. I'm trying to think what friend would be good at, at that. Like Sean Dawson or somebody like that. <laughs> He's your go-to answer for yeah, anything. I knew you, you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I just love him so much. Yeah. I think he's so naturally gifted in everything. Yeah. Who, who, who would be good at like, uh, you know, like architecture? Sean Dawson. Who would be good at sailing a boat? I think Sean Dawson. Archery. Archery is a hard thing to do, but Sean's got long arms, you know. Uh, yo, Erica, uh, could you act? No, I don't think so. I no. Have you acted? Mm-mm. No, never. I think Erica could be really good, actually. I think, I think you'd be really good. I think you have mm-hmm. a thing about you. I think if I that was would, to be an actor, though, I have just so much like stage fright and like personal like anxiety and stuff about that. I would be drunk all the time. I'd have to be an alcoholic. Yeah. I think you could have like an Anna Kendrick thing, though, because you're kind of like a little like you do stuff with your eyes. You're looking around. No, your, your Aubrey Plaza vibe. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, she's Aubrey cool. Plaza. She's cool. Yeah, you could have that vibe. Like, and you're just very sarcastic. natural, though. It's like. It's like even though we've sort of thrown you into this podcast and you're like before you'd be, you'd be behind the boards and now you're like in the conversation, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you roll with it. Which Guys, is you know what impressive. we should do? Thanks. Let's, let's pick a classic episode of Seinfeld and do a table read. We'll do a Zoom read. Let's just, let's just bust yeah. out a 20-minute yeah. episode. That'd Wait, be funny. But who's who? I'm Elaine. Duh. Yeah. yeah I'll be, be Kramer. You got the you're Kramer, Max? He's got the hair. No, you or have to change be George. You have to be George. I think you could do it the best. <laughs> okay, I'll be George. Yeah, that works. Yeah, Mike is Jerry, and you'll be Kramer, Shane? Yeah. Okay. We could flip it. The funny thing, I think Kramer is the hardest one because you almost have to go the hardest in a weird way. Yeah. It's such a loud performance, the Kramer role. Are we really it's, doing this, though? I'll do to it. To be honest, I'm more of a dramatic actor. I don't want to do Seinfeld. To be <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah I want to okay let's serious, do man. let's do succession yeah we'll do it we'll do a, a table read of succession you can be shit succession now now we're talking uh, get the Erica. script yeah yeah never seen it but i'll brush up <laughs> um all right guys i think it's time to move on to shane's surprise i think we're going to skip robert pattinson uh and just keep it moving unless you guys guys got time to kill i don't know i don't know if you got shit to do well my problem prison. is i was surprised today threw me off kilter a little bit so my surprise i wasn't able to perfect it the way i want 
too. So maybe let's just do Patrick. I've been thinking Patterson about the Patterson thing, Patrick too. Patterson? Patrick Patterson? <laughs> Patrick Patterson. The former Raptor? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Robert Pattinson. Okay. All right. All right, let's do it. So Shane, no Shane surprise today because, uh, you know, he's had a but, day. But do you know what? Uh, I, I forgot to say this, but do you know what's interesting? It was a bit of a Shane surprise for me. I gave a toast the other day. Hey. What? Yeah, so I was, it was Mother's, I gave a Mother's Day toast. So to it, Alex or to your mom or to her mom? To uh, Alex, my mother-in-law. Okay, so, so to Lorna. Yes, so uh, I'm at a Mother's Day dinner with them. We're all quarantining together, so I'm at the dinner. And then J- my father-in-law goes, Shane, today you're giving the toast and looks oh at me. Oh, my God. He looks at me and smiles. I go, oh, you listen to the pod. He goes, what? I go, oh, the pod. We were just talking about how I hate that. Yeah, you can't do that to me, man. He goes, oh, I didn't. He goes, oh, sorry. I didn't hear that. And I go, oh, no, no. I thought you knew I hate toast. He's like, oh, I knew it was kind of a thing, but uh, could you? And he pulls out his camera and he goes back and he just pulls the camera out and starts filming it. But then I stood up. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to double down. And I just like these words came to me. And I gave a speech about how it, it takes a great mom to make a great mom or something. And I started talking about how <laughs> Alex was a great mom. It was just like this weird stream of consciousness. And then I look over and my mother-in-law, Lorna, is bawling her eyes out. Wow. She's an easy crier, though. Come yeah. On. No, but it was just a, it was a great toast. It was one of the best <laughs> like moments, you know. Anyway, well, well, I thought Shane, that was interesting. Wh- let's get the video and throw it on uh, Mike on much Insta. John didn't give me the video. I think he wanted to see me crash and burn. He's like, oh, geez, this is actually amazing. He probably deleted <laughs> it. <laughs> Lorna was crying at the sincerity and John was crying that you actually <laughs> yeah. uh, didn't flop. <laughs> All right. Well, Robert Pattinson uh, recently had a feature uh, in GQ. Uh, it's, I think the interview was done over like four or three different sort of uh, Skype sessions or Zoom or FaceTime, whatever it is. But that's how they sort of did this uh, as he was promoting. Um, he's got a film coming out called Tenet, which is by uh, Christopher Nolan. And then, of course, uh, I think later this uh, next summer, he was supposed to have Batman coming out, which is a huge one. So it's kind of this interesting piece because it gets into sort of his mindset, his eccentricities, uh, sort of his idiosyncratic nature, and the fact that like he was this huge teen idol uh, coming out of um, Twilight and then has sort of made this conscious decision to do all of these indie films, work with the Safdie brothers, uh, and just sort of like interesting choices david cronenberg films shane you remember we went and saw that pattinson david cronenberg movie we like skipped out at lunch at work and we went and saw that movie terrible terrible <laughs> it was it was a, it was a slog what was it called uh, cosmopolis one of the worst films of all time oh yeah, was it highlight yeah. you know co- cos- cosmopolis or whatever oh. shane called yeah, yeah something like that yeah but anyway, so he's doing sort of like interesting choice work. And then now recently he's decided to jump back into the fray. And in this article, he kind of explains that like he made a choice to get back into sort of big tent pole films because he felt like people weren't going to cast him anymore. It almost like he was saying financial security without saying financial security. So anyway, he's in the Christopher Nolan film, which is going to be this huge blockbuster, maybe pre-COVID for sure. Uh, and then Batman, which is kind of been they were in the middle of shooting it when all of this went down. So he's still stuck at the apartment they're renting for him. The studio is in London uh, where they were just, they just moved locations to go shoot. Uh, and then he does these interviews where he's, he's trying to cook something, but it's a fucking disaster. Uh, and he's just very, very weird, but it's, it's a fascinating article and he's sort of a, a fascinating guy. Um, but Max, what was it that you were taken with when you were reading about Robert Pattinson? 
Well, a, a couple things. It, one, it reminded me a little bit of like uh, the stroke syndrome, where basically if you become very famous at a young age and you sort of are set financially for a while and people just and like he was part of one of the biggest film franchises franchises of all time you can kind of just be a bit of a weirdo brat especially if you think it adds to your credibility so like the strokes really haven't changed their shtick in 20 years since they've been a band right it's just them being like i don't know this is kind of lame this party's kind of lame maybe i'll try it on stage maybe i won't okay these are already things i care about i'm gonna like just generally be quirky and distant. There's like not an ounce of earnest, like in their bones, earnesty, earnestness. And um, I thought Robert Pattinson kind of fell into that category. Um, and so one, I was wondering, do, did you guys think it was put on at all, a little bit or a lot? Like what, what did you guys, because I, I was like, is he actually like this? Or yeah, or and do you think he's always been like that? Or he's just been allowed to, be kind of erratic because no one will tell him otherwise that he's kind of being a goof or am I being too harsh? Nah, it seems like he's in artist mode to me. What does that mean? Like, you know, he's trying to be weird. Like he's trying to do mm-hmm. weird stuff and like he knows everything he's doing is being written down. So he's trying to like really amp it up. The pasta thing was ridiculous. It was just like, I like to microwave my pasta. That was like, I felt like it was like half the fucking article. It was just like him talking about microwave pasta. I'm like, are we kidding here? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel Erica, like Timothy saying? Chalamet is going to uh, fall down a, a path like this. Who is? I could see Timothy Chalamet mm. becoming this weird kind of, yeah, bratty kind of kid. Bratty kind of man as he gets older in his mid to late 20s. What's interesting, what Shane's talking about, though, is, and what Max is getting at, is it's not even bratty. It's just more of the idea that what you're doing is not authentic. It's like, it's like, <laughs> is is he like that with his friends or is he putting it on because he knows he's being written about? And so it's like, he wants to seem eccentric and weird. Like Joaquin Phoenix had this whole thing when they were sort of doing that. Uh, I'm not there movie or whatever that film mm-hmm. was. And it's like, he was sort of doing a version of whatever this is. This is obviously, you know, Robert Pattinson is just being silly and eccentric, but I guess Shane, what you're saying is you think he's doing this so that he comes off this way in this article, yeah. a little bit aloof and weird, and then we all talk about it. Because I think if you're weird, you, it's like when, when when they tell you to act drunk in acting class, they say, don't act drunk, act like you're trying to be sober. So that is actually more convincing as a drunk person, right? If you're trying to act. And if you're a weird person, you tend to want to act normal, which comes off as a little bit weird. Like uh, Kristen Stewart, oddly, from Twilight. She comes off as genuinely awkward and a little uncomfortable. Because I think she's trying to be normal and not that. But Pat Patterson, or what's his name again? I hate his Pattinson. name. Pattinson. <laughs> Feels like he's really trying to embrace all of his uh, weirdness and foibles. Okay, and so my other question, though, in, re- in relation to us, is that what I kind of appreciate about Rob Pattinson is that he's not beholden to anybody. He's totally uncompromising in whatever the fuck he wants to do. And I, was th- and I think about uh, Mike and Shane, especially when it comes to trade-offs that we have to make in our life and what we'd be like if if we just had the bank and the clout uh (laughs) of robert pattinson because like for instance um you know there are things that i'll I'll relate to myself and then i'm going to hypothesize about youtube for a second uh i yeah i yeah i think that there are certain things that i'm afraid to say in public because I don't want anybody to get mad at me, even though I believe that like I'm not an asshole, that I'm a good guy. Like, 
uh, the, the, I was talking to Mandrash about this day. I was like, I feel like sheepish about tweeting that I listened to a Sam Harris podcast, even though Sam Harris was on Dak Shepard's podcast. He's been he's talked to Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> yeah. He's like it's like he's, he's very respected. But I. Sorry, but I know, I know why you you're sheepish, Max. I've seen you uh, put not even like a bold tweet out there, and like ten seconds later, some person's like, "I'm disappointed in you, Max," and you're like, "Sorry, I'll delete this." Like, <laughs> people are really it's on true. top of you. I know, and, and and I don't, and I don't want to cause anybody any harm or make anybody feel sad. And I'm in a, a position of privilege, so I'm just like, ah, fuck it. You know what? I'm not gonna stir the pot, even if it's what I say in a private conversation like to to friends uh, it, and we, and I believe all my friends to be genuinely good people mm-hmm. so that's something that if I were a little bit more uncompromising I'd be like you know what I feel how I feel and I don't think I'm saying anything to to hurt anybody and if anybody has a problem with it maybe they might be particularly sensitive or something. I don't know. Uh, even saying that makes me feel uncomfortable because I feel like somebody's going to listen to the pod and say, like, mm-hmm. you don't understand your privilege or something. And I'm like, no, I do understand my privilege. Anyway, um, when it comes to uh, Mike, I think, I mean, we, I think we all have some kind of version of this. And I think Mike would is like a lot like Ryan Rossillo and your takes can be scolding hot, but you have <laughs> such a responsibility to your family and you feel very grateful for your job that you don't want to fuck that up which is totally makes sense like the, the position you're in is like uh like you're in the 99 percentile of or one percentile whatever is the good percentile <laughs> um and i think that would be but but i think if you didn't give a shit you would be like you you talk on this pod the way you really talk at a bar Right, uh, and you wouldn't, and you wouldn't worry about editing as much. And I think for Shane, if you same thing, you're you have a family now. You you like you know your life has turned out in an incredible way. Again, top one percent or ninety nine percent, whatever the fuck it is. I'm up and, there or down there, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I think if you would be way more uncompromising with your comedy, but where, where I think. So, we're in this zone right now where you have to be very tiptoey when it comes to the things you say. And out of you, respect and you, for you guys, I do that. Uh, uh, mostly out of respect for me, who yeah. doesn't want to apologize to people on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, I was I was just thinking. I was like, yeah, it'd be just nice to live like Robert Pattinson for uh, for a week. You know, I feel we like really I live didn't... as close to Robert Pattinson as humanly possible and to maintain my life. I feel like I'm doing it pretty good. If being you are, no, we're all doing it pretty good. Uh, but I feel like I'm consistent. doing it the best. <laughs> the best out of all of us uh, i'm the most patent-y, right uh yeah for sure you yeah. do uh microwave the pasta <laughs> i eat mr noodles uh, every day that's true that is fucking true uh am i wrong or what, what, what do you guys make of that what would you guys do if you could just like totally not give like no fucks phil I think just crazy comedic skits Mm. and I'm really in skit mode. Like uh, right before the COVID hit, I was revving up to do some pretty insane sketches. But then now that this happened, I got, I got a little uh, gun shy. Like I started rereading them. I was like, Oh, this could really get me in some hot water. So I kind of rethought it, but that's what I would do for sure. If I had a lot of money and like, fuck you money, it's called. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Please bleep that, though. I can't have my family hear that. <laughs> no, no, no. But here's the, but here's the tricky part: is that you don't necessarily get the fuck you money in a, like a little dicky Nathan Fielder way, yeah. unless you are, alienate your family and potential yeah. employers, right? But then. Uh, but then yeah. here's the other thing. When I see people do that, when they're totally uncompromising, I'm like, I'm always like, you guys are, you're a fucking idiot. Like when someone like wants to be like, I'm a musician, I'm just going to write songs all day. I kind of be like, how about you just get a fucking part-time job too? Okay. Like you're being stupid. Like get a fucking job. You can write songs when you're home from work. And then, but a real artist would be like, no, no, I have to work on this every single day. This is my job. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, that's also stupid. Be an adult. You know what I mean? Like, so I see both sides of it. And, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you followed the right trajectory, Max, because you kind of got kind of famous enough where it didn't really matter what you did, right? Like you were like 21. Yeah, I was very lucky. I, I was lucky mm-hmm. that I didn't have to do too much bullshit before it became a full-time job. But I mean, we all we all have to make uh, compromises. Yeah, Mike, how would you live uh, if you could live completely uncompromised? Uh, pro- at this point, probably pretty similar. You know, it's like my. I think you nailed a lot of sort of the reason that I am a little bit more um, guarded on the podcast. Like my brother is always like, "You're always right down the middle. You're always right down the middle." Like just you know. And the reason that I am, or I don't sort of have more incendiary public takes, is because. Well, a couple of things, like you said, incendiary, great word. A couple of things. It's like my, it's like Danica, who's my partner. She's got a good job. In her. I don't want to say anything too crazy. That's going to make her be like, you know, it's like the Stern thing where it's like Howard Stern goes on the, the radio and he says all this crazy shit. And then his wife is like, dude, you're not just speaking for yourself. You're actually speaking for us. So it's like, I want to be cognizant of that. Cause I got into this partnership. Uh, I got a kid that one day is going to like listen to stuff. So those things inform some of the things I say. The other thing is like you said, the job and sort of like the gratefulness for where I am um, because I'm like, you know, the way that I grew up and then not knowing sort of like what kind of job I would have, like, because I'm now sort of in this, this, this great sort of position um, where I really, really love my job. Like I, I really miss going to the office and all that stuff. I'm just like, I want to be able to sort of do these podcasts and broadcasts at a level where it's like, I'm not offending people or making people feel uncomfortable. But here's the the, the flip side to, to what you're saying, Max, is it's like that kind of like um, those chances that people take when they actually do share those sort of like um, thoughts and they are unfiltered, that is the thing that actually gets people drawn to you the most. So it's such mm. a dance to be like, how do I how do I stay authentic, which I think I'm being authentic to myself. I don't say anything I don't truly believe, but I absolutely use a filter. And I think some people are so good, so compelling because they don't have a filter. I think one of Shane's main strengths is he's the least filtered of all of us. And he sort of says what comes to his mind, which I think ends up being the most entertaining. Uh, but yeah, so I would say that I use my filter because I'm like, eh, I don't want to upset anybody that, you know, genuinely would be upset. Uh, and then too, it's like, I also want to say anything fucking crazy. That's going to like potentially cost his job. Cause it's like, got to hang on to the good stuff when you got it. That's my thought. So I don't know what fuck you money would, would do for me. I think I would largely be the same. Cause again, I, it'd feel uncomfortable to like really offend somebody. And sometimes to be funny, you kind of have to get to the heart of, you know, those things. But do you think the fuck you money though, if, if, if Danica would be like, don't, you're going to lose your job or I'm going to lose my job because you, and by the way, I don't think anything you you could ever say, again, this goes back to the first thing I said, was that like all of, all of us, I think are gen, genuinely good hearted, community minded, generous people. 
But like, I don't think anything you could say would actually be that no. offensive. And every every family has like different levels of comfort when it comes to like you know talking about you know sort of the more like private moments in a in a family life. But I wonder if like that is the thing that like Larry David or other comedians who are like people in married comedians like yeah you know what he says some kind of crazy shit. But you know what we live in this sweet house. Our parent like we're sending our kids to private school. Whatever the fuck, it's all good. All divorce, all on second marriages. Yeah, that's true. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, Shaney, were you going to say something? How would you be different with your fuck you money? Oh, I, I, I think I was just saying like I, I would do sketches. Oh, the skits. Like yeah. release the crazy skits. And I, and I still might. Like I, I'm honestly not that worried about anything. How would you release them? What medium? YouTube. Nice. <laughs> Good thinking. Nice. Are you a millennial or not? Like, things you don't know. But but what do you where do you put this digital media shit? YouTube? Nice. Did you go to a cottage with Rogan before this? I went. No. <laughs> 